You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning, everyone. This is Lori Leffer with Father David Richter. We are at St. John Apostle Church in Minot, North Dakota, and it is um, hopefully going to be warming up. The weekend definitely will be better. But we have been coming to you uh, today speaking with Father Greg Luger from Williston at St. Joseph's. And we started out with adoration and uh, continued on and talked about some tools, Lexio Divina and how the Bible, the love letter of God affects us and his outpouring of love that he has and his actions that he has in, in there. Some are very loud, some are very subtle. Well, um, today we are also going to speak about conversion, and that is St. Paul. We had Father David Richter, St. Paul, and the conversion of him. And was his name changed to Saul, right? Well, his name was Saul, which is a Greek form of Paul. Paul. Okay. Okay. And uh, he was um, not listening to God. He was going against God very much, and he struck him with lightning pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. Something like that. Yes, and in in my church here, right uh, to the right of the sanctuary, is Caravaggio's painting of the conversion of Saint Paul. So um, that 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 picture is beautiful to look at every day. And many of us would like to have the experience of Saint Paul, where our life is completely changed and we're totally convicted. Um, I don't think it always happens that way. And we have somebody that knows Saint Paul uh, and uh, uh, his conversion and our conversion in time of persecution. Uh, Monsignor Douglas Grams, uh, welcome, Monsignor. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. How about yourselves? Good, good. Doing We're blessed great. to have you. Good, doing Thank great. You. We, do, we don't need a refrigerator today. Yeah, it's 18 <laughs> no, below no. out. So, How's the weather in your area? <laughs> I think it was it was nine above. Oh, I my goodness. The last time I checked. <laughs> you're, in the heat, you're in the heat wave. That sun is hitting you guys perfect. <laughs> Thank you. You're a little farther to the west. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> So, um, Monsignor, we are, um, we talked about adoration. Uh, we, uh, brought in and talked about a few tools here, uh, Lexi Divina and how to approach adoration, but, um, becoming in that presence and being aware. Now we're getting into St. Paul. It was his feast day yesterday. And, uh, today is Timothy and Titus, some of his, uh, established spiritual, um, children, uh, children that came into Priests. the flame. Um, you're going to help us elaborate and get to some depth in this. Okay. So, Father David, you want to take it? Yeah. So, so Monsignor, um, uh, with St. Paul, his conversion, you, you know, we... We hear the story in scripture, but oftentimes we have a painting in my church and, and there's a horse there, but there's no mention of horses, right? Um, Correct. Correct. (laughs) I think that's probably uh, Caravaggio. It it makes a better painting. So it's one thing to say he was knocked to the ground, but it's just uh, Caravaggio's way of showing here's this horse head and eyes staring at Paul saying, what are you doing down there? (laughs) Well, 
Yeah, yeah. The artist liberty of artists, right? To bring alive uh, something. So, so Monsignor, could, would you be willing to just give us a little background of, of who you are, where you are, what sure, you do? Sure. And, and, then, and then you can uh, elaborate a little more on St. Paul and his conversion. Sure. Well, I was born in 1960 in North Mankato, Minnesota. And I studied for the priesthood for the Diocese of New Ulm. Okay. I, was, I studied at Crozier Seminary in Onamia, Minnesota. I finished college at Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary in Winona, and then St. Paul Seminary in St. Paul. Okay. And I was ordained in 1987. I've served in several parish assignments in the Diocese of New Ulm. And then since August, I've been serving as the diocesan administrator for our diocese as we await the appointment oh, of a new bishop. That's right. Oh. That's right. God bless you. Yes. What, what a wonderful blessing to be able to have that position for a while. My, 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 fa- my father was at Crozier Seminary for high school in uh, two years of college back in, uh, I think it would have been the the. F- 40s, late 40s, early 50s, maybe. Yeah. I was there in the late late 70s, early 80s. Okay. I visited there. Dad would go back for reunions. And um, so I've, I've been at uh, Onamia and Crozier Seminary a couple times as a young boy. So I, whenever I hear that, it just strikes memories of that. So Good. Uh, excellent. Small world. Yes, <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. So, so how, how has Saint Paul and his conversion uh, been uh, uh, inspiration for you? And and how do we uh, how, how how do we go about sharing the gospel in this time of persecution um, and difficulty in our world? And what do we learn from Saint Paul as how to do that? Sure. I think yeah, Paul. Obviously, as an in, he's well educated, um, trained trained in the law. Um, he's a Pharisee, and I think what's just impressive is that he has this experience of seeing the face and hearing the voice of the risen Lord, and he makes a total about face. So he's yeah. just no longer persecuting the church, the early Christians. Suddenly, he becomes um, a mouthpiece or a missionary, and he doesn't do it immediately. I mean, I think that's what's that, that oh, comes yeah. out in Galatians, where he takes, you know, there's a three-year time period where he goes off to Arabia and Damascus before he even thinks about going to Jerusalem to visit with Peter. So right. he he takes time. Um, I think he also knows because. The other communities write about it. He writes about it. I should say he just writes about it, where he has an image problem. I mean, so, I mean, he, everybody knows he's, this is somebody who formally persecuted us. Right. Um, yeah. You know, so that, that's just an interesting piece. Another thought, just preparing for this, I thought, how many of these early Christians, when they heard that Paul was coming, prayed that he had a conversion. Right. Or even right. prayed that he wouldn't come, that he, he wouldn't <laughs> right. come to our community. Um, but, 
you know, we aren't told about that, but he comes as a man of peace, and he's accepted. Yeah, yeah. That's huge, isn't it? Um, uh, that the, the early Christian community had to be trusting and open uh, to receive him, right? Correct. I, I remember on my, uh, I think I was, is my 10th anniversary of high school, I was a deacon, and I thought it almost funny but sad uh, when I got together with a bunch of my classmates. These, these classmates who were now doctors and lawyers were still treated like the class clown or, you know, the outsider that they were in high school. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, and and I find that interesting too, um, Monsignor. From listening to you, that's one aspect I didn't think of about Saint Paul before, is the reception of him. Like, am I going to fear him? Do I be brave and say I do trust this rumor I hear of him coming into our town and that he's changed and he's a man of peace and a man of God now? How can this be? Someone who has killed so many, and and for those to not have. How much, how, how much did he have to work, Monsignor, to co- helping convert other people? Because his words are, are smart and sharp, and I, I, I love reading about Paul and Peter and hearing his words from the God. And I don't often remember that he was a persecutor. So he must Correct. have had a really huge conversion to be able to help us convert. Correct. I mean, that's his... Yeah, that's what that would be the, the most important part about that feast, where all of a sudden you have, here's the apostle to the non-Jewish world, you know, much larger than the Jewish world, and it comes from somebody, the most unlikely person. You know, okay. here's, here's the enemy who has totally made a course change. Yeah. And, and, and he's just this person of hope, you know, he's he's strong. He faces adversity. I mean, it's one one persecution, you know, physical, spiritual, emotional, time and time again. And he keeps moving forward. You know, and then he comments, you know, in Second Timothy where, you know, I've you know, I've competed well, you know, I've finished mm-hmm. the race, I have kept the faith. I mean he's yeah. just he's just consistent. And doesn't back off. And isn't he a saint that we can look at that came from, um, so he was smart, uh, probably wealthy, right, I believe, right? Um, he, 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 did he fight in war, too, a little bit? No, no he, was well like that? he was well-educated. He was just trained well as, as, like, he was, would have been trained as, like, a Pharisee, right? Correct. Monsignor? Okay, so oh, like a Pharisee. He knew the okay. law. He knew the law very well. The yeah, law. Yeah, yeah. Like canon law, what yeah, we would yeah, think of canon yeah, law yeah, these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he he was that way, but um, he used it in a different manner. And then all of a sudden he, you know, did he have to go for forgiveness? Where did he go for forgiveness? Where, where does that come in? That we, great question. There's that, <laughs> I mean, that's where I mean, I think he... He attributes that to his conversion experience. You know, it's like, okay. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Right. Um, and at that point, I think it's, it's, it's the power of the cross and Christ crucified that reminds him that he's forgiven. Yeah, 
Yeah. Okay. And, and, and Ananias uh, healed, uh, opened his eyes and baptized Correct. him. And so maybe those three years were kind of his penance, huh? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we don't know. And, and we aren't told what happened when he's right. in Arabia or Damascus. It's just that right. clearly for three years, he's working on... Um, his elevator speech. What, what is he going to tell? What is he going to tell these these young churches right. that he may be founding or may be coming? What's he going to do? Yeah, Monsignor, do you think that it would make perfect sense why he was the apostle to the Gentiles? Because the Jews would have still held this kind of animosity or fear from him, huh? Correct. Very good possibility. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Well, we have more to explore. We are going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we'll talk a little bit more about the evangelization and evangelism of St. Paul. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering excellent care. We're pro-life and pro-family, respecting the dignity of the human person while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer a wide range of clinical services, including rapid influenza testing and diabetes care management. You can visit us at 303 North 4th Street to discover the Mayo difference. Our number is 701-223-2424. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar. In this world of suffering and pain, we've all experienced loss, especially the death of someone we love. And it's never harder than it is with suicide. In our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and for You, we want to be able to help you. We know that the pain and suffering is great, but we also know that we we can get through it. So please visit suicideandhope.com to learn more. Thank you. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision provides eye exams for the whole family and specialty services like vision therapy and custom contact lenses. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Moto Eyewear, which gives away a pair of glasses to a child in need for every frame sold. We are so grateful for your support and grateful to be supporting RPR. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome, be- welcome back, 
of Real Presence listeners, men and women, brothers and sisters, we have the privilege of speaking with Monsignor Doug Grams, uh, who's the administrator of the New Ulm Diocese, a priest of the Diocese of New Ulm. Uh, and we're talking about St. Paul and his conversion, how it applies to us, how it shows us how to live our faith and how to evangelize. So, Monsignor, I, I would like you, if you're willing to share with us kind of the heart uh, of St. Paul's message and, and some maybe some scripture passages that we would look to that um, really reveals um, his ministry, his passion, his, ev- his evangelization of the early Christians. Sure. I would say 1 Corinthians 1 is, is a good starting point for just the centrality of the cross, where, yeah. you know, he's, he's trying to work with, with Jewish people, and he's working with um, Greeks in his area, where you know, the Jews are requesting signs, Greeks want, looking for wisdom, and he's saying, but what I have to proclaim is Christ crucified. And then suddenly yeah. we see the just this, what's perceived as the weakness of God, is this incredible strength. And it's a paradox. Yes. Um, and it's a model for our faith. Hmm. Yeah, it's co- counterintuitive, right? God is Correct. often counterintuitive. It's in giving that we receive. <laughs> Correct. Uh, that's great, yeah. Um, it, 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 he he kind of seems to um, have learned the way I often learn. Usually it's thinking I have the right answer, and then I'm humiliated, and then I turn back and say, okay, okay, Lord, we'll do it your way. <laughs> that's right. That's true. That's definitely. It's also providential that we celebrate Timothy and Titus today. Yeah. Know, yes. He's perceived as his, his children or um, his students who continue on the work of, of preaching the gospel. And then there's that connection, too, where he knows... He knows his grandmother, you know, Lois and Eunice, that we just heard today at at Mass this morning. But there's clearly a a connection and a familiarity, and he wants to support the next generation of missionaries who who have the zeal um, to proclaim the gospel. Now, I have a a question, Monsignor. Uh, So there are these conversions out there. Did his grandmother and his mother, uh, were they upset with him, do you think? Or were they happy with him? And did they follow him then and convert and be deeper? You know, have more conversion. This would be Timothy's Timothy's family. Timothy's family. Okay. That's reported today, not Paul. Okay, Timothy's family. But we don't don't know. Yeah, we don't know that. And we know that that can be a a real um, (laughs) obstacle or problem for for people who are going through conversion experiences or even making just a, just a course change where families may not be accepting of mm-hmm. this yes. this newfound faith. Yeah. Yeah, as Jesus says, right? The family and those familiar can be the biggest critics. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Shake your dust off your feet and keep going. There's no peace there. So do we do we have um, anything, Father David and, and Monsignor, uh, any word of wisdom for those who are in the process right now of converting? And, and in this COVID time, we're not 
necessarily in our regular practice of Lent and Easter, coming up with the preparations of um, Easter is usually, uh, Easter vigil is usually the big, wonderful celebration of bringing converts into Catholicism. Um, do you have any suggestions there? Well, I, I, I would offer um, uh, just one, I'm trying to do things for the most part with, you know, some of the restrictions and, and, and prudences, but to keep things a little more like they were, um, not to go all out one way, but yet be prudent and have the opportunity. So, um, and, and in some ways, this, this uh, makes an opportunity of, of doing a little more kind of one-on-one -on -one rather than big groups, which sometimes sure. can be nice. Yeah. Um, but uh, certainly anybody that wants and is willing, um, I'm willing to meet with them and make it work. So, sure. um, but I think I to go ahead, Monsignor. Well, I, was just saying, I would too, I, I think. I think it, especially as we approach Lent, this would be a, a good time just to, and we do so, you know, in the midst of protocols where we're a little limited in how we gather. But just look at how do we communicate with each other? And when you think of Paul, um, his letters, you know, it's, it's the mode of communication for his time. And then, you know, how do we use our mode of communication or social media? Mm -hmm. And we, could we do so with a sense of more reflection um, and peace, as, as Paul was able to do? He's certainly very direct and challenges people, but he, he takes yeah. time to write out those letters that, that we have preserved for us. And they're, they're living letters that they're meant for us today. Yes, yes. That, that life, that, that vision, that image of God, he brings it to life for us, that we, we have the strength in our weakness to live that yeah. and, and come to that presence of God. Yeah, M Monsignor, <clears throat> um, perhaps you're like me, uh, I hope. You're, I know you're far holier and better than I am, but um, no, no, not at all. When I when I um, read Saint Paul and and his life and, and and all the things that he had done and people that he had touched and his writings remind me what I know of myself and I often tell other people um, in spiritual direction. You know, we're doing 98 things very well, following God, wanting to do the good thing, but we struggle in two areas, and we spend 98% of our time in our angst worrying about the two poor things, and hardly ever do any rejoicing or acknowledging of the good things. And when he writes, he always focuses on their faith, their goodness, their generosity, his gratitude, his love for them. And then he usually will address a little something in there, but then he gets back to the great gratefulness and, and the goodness of his people. And uh, as a pastor, um, I'm starting to take that to heart much more these days and trying to do better with that. And, and I think that's an inspiration of how he wrote and addressed people and talked to them that would be good for us as priests and pastors to follow. 
Correct. So in, in today's time or in your lifetime, uh, have you seen other St. Paul's um, kind of showing us how to do what he did? Um, not, um, I, mean, I certainly see um, youthful zeal. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's present in um, younger members of the clergy, religious even younger bishops that I've met, and, mm. you know, people who have maybe had a, a conversion experience, or at least a, a, a course change, if you will, or a sea right. change, right. where suddenly mm. it, it's not as drastic as, as St. Paul, but it's, they're, right. they've, there's been an opening of, they're able to look at the world in a different way, and maybe it's through, you know, the Catholic lens, Right. That has right. Um, other facets as as, a, as an yeah. incarnational sacramental church. Right, Monsignor. With that uh, note of sacramental, um, have you noticed in your area there in Minnesota? You're in Minnesota still, right? Correct. Right? Okay. Um, have you noticed in vocations of uh, single religious? Um, and uh, the uh, the sisterhood, the brotherhood, priests, marriages that are coming to the Do you think they're starting to pick up in your area? Because in North Dakota, it seems like, uh, especially in the Bismarck area, I'm not sure about Fargo, I haven't paid attention too much there, but there's many that are uh, in the vocation for the priesthood over there. Um, but we're starting to flourish here and grow. And there's some other... Um, like there's been some decrees for uh, the one sister mm-hmm. here. Yeah, we've founded a couple new societies. Yeah. Yeah. Have uh, there been any growth like that over in your we, area? We would have at least the mother house um, for the, the handmaids of the heart of Jesus, at least their formation house is here in the city of New Ulm. Mm. And they would be, they would be growing. And they're they are very young, very young community. Nice. Filled with, with zeal and joy. Excellent. What is their main purpose that they find that uh, feeds their zeal? Yeah. That's, or, I, I'm thinking it's an evangelization. Yeah, I think okay. that would be a fair read for me from the outside looking in, that okay. you know, they're, they're meant to be the... Um, and the hands and feet of Christ, right, oh, okay. and then the voice of wow. Christ to the world. Nice. Wow. And then so, we so have our marriages haven't picked up, but I'm but I am seeing those who are committed, um, hmm. and those who are staying here are are joy filled and faithful. Excellent. Wonderful. Excellent. Wonderful. Well, we always need that spark to keep the flame going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then the fan, the fan is continuing <laughs> to try to make that flame right, grow right. larger, stirring the flame, stirring right? The flame, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, Monsignor, excellent. I I know. Um, uh, during the break, we we I offered a couple thoughts. Uh, um, as a young priest, um, 
the conversion story of Dr. Scott Hahn in, in a lot of the evangelists in the sense uh, on, on uh, our, our technological way, uh, Christophanic, and a lot of them have a story of being away from the church and coming back. Uh, Dr. Hahn came from a, a Methodist background and used to persecute <laughs> Catholics, right. tear up rosaries. And so in my mind, I see them as current St. Paul's filled with zeal, and they've been helpful to me um, to stir my zeal a bit too. Uh, is there any particular uh, one that has stirred your zeal? And we're going to have to get off for break, but um, do you have a, a person that has inspired you greatly? Um, I'm trying to think. It wasn't Scott Hahn would be one. There's another one. Um, Marcus Grodi. Um, no, there, there's another one Jeff, yet. Jeff Caven. Jeff Caven. Yes, okay. his, his his story. I remember when we when I first we we did the the Bible timeline for yeah. our yes. parishes here, and then just listening to his faith journey was a major uh, eye opener for me first. So I was exposed to him first. His story. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And and uh, so with that, Monsignor, thank you. We are ready to go to break here. Um, thank you so much for um, enlightening us today sure. with St. Well, Paul. Yeah. My pleasure. And thank you for having me. Yes, and we'll have you again. Blessings on your administration, Monsignor. Yes. Thank you. Have a good day. You okay. too. Bye. God and bless. Real pre- God bless. Real Presence Radio family, we'll be right back. Live. Engaging and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 